Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. This is Will Kern from Endless Events, and I'm really excited for today's episode because we have a phenomenal guest in the house and who is doing some really, really cool things, especially in a world where, you know, people are saying things like, man, I'm getting sick of Zoom meetings and I'm getting, you know, fatigued and exhausted. And how do we really drive engagement when we're all 100% digital? I think you guys are going to really love our next guest. What's really interesting, too, is that, you know, you might have had this guest on like, you know, event icons because what they traditionally done have been for in-person events and analog and things like that. But now it's fully digital. And oh my gosh, you guys are going to love this guy. So I, I got to bring him on because we got to have enough to talk about. And, you know, no one wants, no one comes to the show to listen to Will, let's be honest. So let's introduce our guest for today, who is William Warren from The Sketch Effect, CEO and founder, correct, That's of uh, The Sketch Effect. And uh, uh, if, for those who don't know what The Sketch Effect is, we're going to talk about it in just a second. But they, they are doing some really, really incredible things. But you know, William, we you're obviously the founder, so I got to do the founder story as a fellow founder. So talk a little bit about like, you know, let's start with what the sketch effect is and then give me the story of what led you to doing this. Absolutely. Well, hey, Will, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you and uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, so, yeah, in brief, the sketch effect, we are a visual communications company or agency. And what that means is we use visuals to help our clients communicate their ideas more effectively. Um, specifically, we offer animated video services, motion graphics, we'll do graphic design, infographics, but probably the service that's most unique and what I think we're gonna talk about a lot today is our live event sketching service. It goes by a couple different names. Uh, the industry term is graphic recording, um, but we like to use the phrase live sketching. Uh, you may have heard sketch notes or visual notes or um, visual facilitation or graphic facilitation, whatever term you want, um, the idea is the same. Uh, with live sketching, an artist attends an event, and while there's content being discussed, whether it's at a, you know, a keynote discussion or a panel discussion or a trade show or a brainstorming, while there's content being discussed in the room, an artist is actively listening, they're synthesizing that content in real time, and then the magic happens, they draw it out. Uh, they translate that content into pictures and typography and color, uh, producing a visual artifact of the meeting. And um, we've been doing it for about seven years. I can unpack the, the founder story a little bit if you want here in a second. But like I said, we've been in, doing it for about seven years and 2020 has been a, a disruptive but exciting year. Um, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. I love it. I definitely will talk about this year and how it's all changed for sure. Um, but yeah, like I think the the analogy that I use when I when I heard about you guys is that you guys remind me of like if anyone's ever watched an RSA animate version of a TED talk, it reminds me a little bit of that, right? Like this idea that you know instead of maybe watching the person talk and give a presentation with slides, instead you can watch you know the the visual medium of these notes being taken. I found that when I watch these videos of these drawings and stuff like that, like I tend to synthesize the information a lot better than a, a slide or someone talking as well, um, which is kind of crazy because you think that you would talk, like learn more from learning from the human or you know the graphics that they've created. But this the idea of like it being built out, it, I, I don't know what it is. What, what what do you think attributes to that same factor of like uh, why people enjoy watching people draw? 
Yeah, that's a great reference, the RSA animate video. Same with whiteboard videos. Really, any visual form of communication is tapping into the essence of visual learning. And the science backs it up of the four main learning channels, which are verbal, auditory, kinesthetic, and visual. Uh, the science is settled on it, which is that visual learning is the most effective of those four channels of learning. <laughs> effective in terms of comprehension of ideas, uh, retention of ideas, uh, idea efficiency, like how quickly you can communicate an idea, how fast. And then also uh, shareability. You know, it's just easier and more fun to share a picture or an image. Um, so yeah, the whiteboard videos do it. Uh, motion graphics, infographics, and live sketching, what we offer at the SketchFact, all channel this idea of visual learning and adding that to a event setting. I love it. I, I thought some anecdotal comment that you might I, you don't know this about I me. Mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about this uh, before the show, but I think you'll laugh really hard. Is that um, you know I've been I I actually picked up like a a Wacom tablet kind of drawing thing because I found that you know I needed the ability to highlight things on screen and things like that. Sometimes when doing we did like this uh, AV audit series for a while, where we draw on quotes and like cross things out and highlight things. So I got it mainly for that. And then I realized I was like there was one time where I was doing a presentation. I was like you know what I don't want to do slides for this. I'm just gonna like bring up my Microsoft whiteboard and I just like drew and wrote things as it uh, I realized that it's very hard for the presenter to draw and to write things while also talking at the same time uh, which I know you probably are like yeah <laughs> we see people try to do it all the time um, but like the the I think it's such a cool medium uh, uh, so yeah definitely I thought you'd find that really funny is that don't if you're a speaker don't try like drawing and doing what you guys do <laughs> the same time while speaking just do the speaking get your information out there and like separate it in some ways as well and I'm sure you seen the same same effect as well right <laughs> well well good for you for attempting to use visual language uh we're actually huge advocates of that and actually taking the time to draw out what you're trying to communicate is a really effective way to make sure that you actually understand what it is you're trying to communicate because if you can communicate it with simple pictures and icons um then you know it backwards and forwards so totally totally well hey i'll take it as a compliment so yep. I, I i i wanted to kind of uh backtrack a little bit um li literally and figuratively to tell the story of like what got you to this point of starting this company um and like what were you just like doodling sometime like while at a conference and you're like hey I should do this in front of people or was it someone asked you knew you were a good artist and asked you to do this once for their, their talk like how did this all start uh, a couple of those things you mentioned, actually. So to rewind, oh, yeah. yeah, good for you, ding, ding. Uh, to rewind way back, uh, I have always been an, an illustrator. I've always loved drawing. As a young kid, I was always, always doodling, drawing, uh, silly stuff. Uh, in high school and college, I got really into comics. So Calvin and Hobbes, Charlie Brown, you know, the Sunday paper type stuff. And I love the idea of communicating an idea or a concept or a story simply and efficiently using pictures. I was really mesmerized by that and really drawn to that. Um, no pun intended. Exactly. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I'll try to see how many more puns we can get in here. Um, <laughs> well, now, we'll see if we can draw it out. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Um, so life of course takes you twists and turns and I, I've ended up, so I, I, let me back up when I was doing those comics, I was dead set on being a professional cartoonist. That was my, my life's ambition. Well, over the years, of course, things change. Life takes twists and turns. I ended up in a corporate marketing job and it was a great role. I had a great team, learned a lot about business, a lot about leadership and branding and communication and things like that. And, um, so, so here I was, this was about eight or nine years ago. And um, 
after a while, the creative part of my soul was starting to shrivel up. Uh, it just, that part of me that loved drawing was not being fully leveraged in that role. And so in order to have a creative outlet, I would sketch during meetings. Sometimes it would just be in my notebook, uh, just personally for my own notes. Um, but if it was, if the context was appropriate, I would even hop up on the whiteboard and grab a whiteboard marker and sketch out what our team was discussing. And um, if I had a meeting to lead, I might sketch out the agenda, make a little like visual agenda on the whiteboard. Or if I was giving a presentation, I would maybe illustrate my concepts and scan them in and put them into my PowerPoint deck and use that. And so for me, this was just a creative outlet. It was just a way for me to sort of exercise that creative part of my soul. But what I realized is that people found value in that form of communication, that they found value in taking concepts and marrying them with compelling, relevant visuals to create a more effective form of communication. And so uh, word spread, and all of a sudden around the organization, people were talking about William in the marketing department who did this sketching thing. And then I got asked to come to other department meetings and other team meetings. No way. And I was just like, sure, as long as my boss signed off on it, which he did. He was a great, you know, great boss. And then people outside the organization asked me to do it and offered to pay me. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Um, there's a demand for this. People are willing to pay for this. I did some research and found there were a few other firms and agencies out there uh, around the world doing this type of work. I realized it was a viable business uh, opportunity. And so did it a little bit for fun on the side as, you know, used PTO and, and flew to Dallas and Orlando and a few places to do this for a few small early clients. And then after a few months of side hustling, I realized there was a great opportunity. There's a lot of momentum. I was excited about it and uh, decided to leave that role and start a business. And that was almost seven years to the day. Um, let's see, it's September 1st right now while we're recording this. It was um, October 1st was my first day being fully oh my gosh. full time. Um, so we're one month away from the big anniversary. Exactly. That, that's incredible. So, okay. So then that, so fast forward. So you guys have been doing this service and services for like a lot of large conferences and a lot of corporate events where, you know, they're, they're the, what, well, let's start with like that. What does that normally look like in terms of like the setup? So uh, keep in mind, you know, this is the event tech podcast. So, so feel free to get nerdy with like the technology <laughs> on it. But like, is someone saying, Hey, you're going to be here all day and everything that happens in this room gets done. Is it, are people usually bringing you guys on just for like one single keynote? What, what does that kind of look like? Sure. Every type of engagement you can think of, we have most likely sketched for. Uh, we've been brought in for a one 20-minute keynote where the client brings in some really powerful speaker or it's the CEO and it's one really powerful message and they want to create a visual artifact to capture that message. We've done that. We've also done five six-day-long workshops where we come in, we're working with a small team, it's maybe seven or eight or nine people around a conference room and we're working through a customer journey or a value chain or some type of workshoppy uh, exercise. Um, we've also done like massive arena events, you know, with, where it's a big ticketed event and it's selling out, you know, a big conference or in a big arena and we're on stage with spotlights on us. We've done that. We've also done a, a small session where it's just the CEO and maybe his like small leadership team and we're trying to work through a specific question or problem. Um, so it's every, every type of event and everything under the sun. And just for, for, for your listeners, I nerd out about the art, art, artistry and the creative side of things, but I have mad respect for the tech side of things because the work that you guys do is often unappreciated, but it's so <laughs> unimportant and so critical. So 
um, I always make an effort to try to uh, talk to the, the, the behind the scenes folks just to tell them how much, uh, how, how good of a job they're doing. Oh, we, well, we always appreciate it for sure. <laughs> um, okay. So like, let's, uh, let's talk about like kind of the tech rollout of what this might look at. And then I think then we'll start talking about what does this look like now in this, um, you know, virtual hybrid, um, world that we live in now. So, um, for in-person, like, is this something as simple as, you know, do they end up throwing up like an additional screen just for you guys showing what you guys are drawing? Is it, do you, or do you like, and they're, and they're still doing a PowerPoint and talking or do, do people opt for just getting rid of the PowerPoint? You know what? What have you seen been like the most successful implementation of you know the, the this this act of uh, you know capture and live uh, uh, you know um, recording as you as you described and, and, and yeah like what what's the best way to, to kind of implement it? Sure, there's a couple of approaches. Uh, one are probably the most common approach is if the room is small enough. Uh, we typically will sketch in person. Now this is this is not 2020 COVID. Uh, stand, <laughs> yeah, standards, yeah, yeah, yeah. but before we're, you, yeah, 2019, <laughs> yeah, we're we're rewinding back to a day, a long ago time when we could meet in person and have wonderful, big, awesome, epic events. <laughs> um, uh, typically, if the room was small enough, uh, we would set up a big enough canvas so that people could could look at it as it's happening in the room. So the speaker or whoever's leading the meeting or facilitating, they might have their own slide material on one screen, but the audience can simply look over and peek at what the artist is doing from you say time. like canvas you mean physical canvas like a big wad of paper correct yeah okay. our typical canvas is our large foam core panel so cool. think like four foot by eight foot 40 inch by 60 inch big giant foam core sheets we've all we have done paper rolls before um you know this is the analog version of it obviously yeah. But we have had clients where they'll, they'll set up a video feed. If the room is larger or people aren't near it, they'll set up a video feed on the sketch and, and pump it to another monitor um, or stream it somewhere. Um, at bigger events where you're, we're in a bigger room, um, we will have uh, the, the AV team will sort of flip on and flip off from the sketch. Like they might have a camera on the speaker or they might have their slides and they'll also have a, a, a third camera on the artist. And so periodically, intermittently, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, beam up what the artist, what he or she is sketching for people to, to, to look at. Um, and then we always encourage once the session is over for attendees, if they were interested to go actually go walk up to the physical sketch, talk to the artist, look at what they're working on, um, and, uh, get even more value out of it. Take photos of it, you know, um, tweet That's it, Instagram awesome. it, all those things. And then, um, because a curiosity is going to kill me because I'm a cat some, in some ways. Um, do you guys like, so do you guys scan it, then digitize it afterwards? Uh, if it's done analog then? Correct. Yeah. We have a whole digitizing process, but it really begins with taking a high resolution photograph of the finished, the finished work, um, cool. which then we take in house, we clean it up, we polish it up and then we serve back the client, a polished image of the sketch. Now, nowadays in 2020, I'm sure we'll get into this in a second with all of our work being digital, that step is no longer part of our process because we're, mm. our work is digital. You know, it's our, the, the polishing step of the deliverable is already done. Um, Cause it's so, done like in a, a digital form. So the drawing is correct done digitally. Do you think that, um, let's say imagine COVID didn't happen, right? And this didn't happen. Do you think that you would wanted to go hundred percent digital in these drawings from the get go? And like, do you think that's a more successful form or do you think that people just really go nuts for the fact that there's a pen on paper and like a big ass marker? 
I think there is some magic to seeing the analog uh, unfolding in real time where a human being is creating something out of nothing using markers and paper. However, I will say that in 2019, our team, I remember we had a, a discussion and our team said, you know what? We think digital is the future. As much as we love analog, we think digital is the future. And so at that point, this was, I think, fall of 2019, we equipped our entire team with iPad Pros. It was a big investment, but we thought, you know what? This is, this is going to be where we're going. Little did I know that a few months later, the entire world would be going digital and I would be thanking my, 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 my past self and my, my, my team from the past for making that decision because, uh, yeah, in early March of 2020, when all of a sudden the live events were just poof gone, we still had a team of artists that were equipped with digital tools to serve a digital event. Uh, we didn't have to rush and scramble to, to, get, all, to get all the gear out there because the artists were already well equipped to do that work. That's awesome. And I think for anyone who um, isn't really familiar with the iPad Pro uh, as well, like I, I, I'm a huge fan of tablets and, you know, like, for example, I usually Surface Pro X, um, you know, like I have this big ass welcome tablet on my desktop. I love like drawing devices, but the iPad Pro has been praised so much for like its, you know, accuracy and that, you know, you can even put like a skin on the on it to make it feel like pe paper and pen uh, as well. So which we've um, done, we've done all of so our cool. yeah, all of our iPads have that. Uh, it's a matte um, yeah, yeah. Cover like a little sealant, little cover. Like it makes like it, a screen protector. Yeah, it's like a screen way. protector, but it also makes it feel tactile, like like paper, which is which is great. So I'll ask you a question. So like, let's say like you're doing an uh, in-person event. Let's imagine it's, we're talking hybrid. Do you think that it's important for the artist to also be seen? So I'm imagining, you know, for example, and you said before, a lot of times artists would be on stage, right? With this, right. With this foam core and everything like that. Um, now that you're doing it via iPad, everything can be wireless. They can be where in theory, they could also just be backstage just doing Correct. this. And you could just bring it up on screen. Do you think it's important for the audience to be able to see the artist? I think, well, first of all, we, we're always happy to meet our clients wherever they're at. Whatever their preferences are, we can, we can meet them wherever they are. However, we always encourage our clients, even if the artist is going to be backstage or not streamed or not on screen, we always encourage our clients to introduce the artist and let the attendees know that there is an artist. And that, that, yeah, that, that artist will be sketching the content. Or else, if they don't, it almost feels like, a machine did it or or it was already pre-done or it was just this like produced slick thing but what we want our clients and our audiences to know is that the work we're creating is entirely organic it's entirely custom it is created by a real human being um, using digital tools but but it's still a creative uh, artistic output um, and so we always encourage our clients to set set some context for what um, for what the artist is doing so people aren't confused or, or, or misinterpreting yeah. <laughs> what's happening. I can see a lot of people being like, oh, this is just this person is giving a really good talk that's timed perfectly to a pre-recorded exactly. sketching drawing of it. I can see that happening yep. like a ton. And I would probably think the same thing too um, as well. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So let's fast forward now into kind of uh, uh, 2020 and everything's 100% digital. So now like, you know, you're able to tap in your artists that are probably distributed all across the world. They, they're, you know, they're logging in to do this and they're, they're attending the event completely virtually. Can you walk through a little bit about what changes in this process for uh, graphic recording once you go 100% digital. Absolutely, um, and we're still learning how it's changing every day. So, uh, you know, if we do another version of this in a few months, I might have some new learnings. But um, <laughs> as we all do, <laughs> yeah. One one thing that we're learning um, is that, um, well, from a business standpoint, 
turnarounds a lot quicker. You know, before with in-person oh, sure. events, people would reach out months before. Now we get people to reach out days before and say, hey, we have a virtual event. Can you come sketch? And uh, so that's one, one kind of business implication is that's just a on, faster on too, sales cycle. Uh, on that too, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, please. Um, I, I, There's a great uh, question as well. Like how much prep time do you guys typically – because like do you, do you need to know what the person's talking about 100% or do you guys just like – can you go in completely having no idea and just be like, let's go with it? You know, like what's, uh, what's that kind of look like? Yeah, great question. That actually answers your earlier question too. One thing that's changed is that before we would have a pre-event call uh, with our clients where we would talk about their event – who's in the audience, uh, what the goal of the event is, uh, what the output, what's the, the purpose of the output, where they're going to use the sketches, all that. Talk about branding, talk about color palettes, uh, voice and tone, if we need to get into that granular. Um, with everything being virtual now, that pre-event call is also now a pre-event tech run-through. So we uh, make sure the artist is logged in. So we're covering all that pre-event stuff, you know, learning about the event, learning about the subject, covering the agenda, but we're also doing a tech run through making sure the artists can log in, they can share their screen, uh, they can access the platform um, because, you know, there is an added layer of te technical uh, difficulties to figure out to work through. Um, you know, we're not worrying about missing flights or uh, getting stuck in traffic like maybe we used to, but now we're making sure that we can connect to the platform. The artists can screen share um, without any hiccups. So so yeah, That's awesome. And and That's I will say, sense. yeah, we're not subject matter experts about the vast majority of the work that we're doing. Um, you know, one day it's a healthcare policy, the next day it's uh, some business innovation summit, or you know, whatever. Where we don't, we don't, we are not subject matter experts, but we do want to know enough information going into it that we have some baseline knowledge that we can at least enter at a high level. And then once the event's unfolding, we're focusing on those key ideas and the key themes less so the minutia and the granular stuff. That totally makes sense. I mean, like I, I've seen a lot more success too, like same kind of feeling with like translators and captioners and things like that. The, you just give them a little bit more information. They they know that if you say a certain word, you're not like also meaning another word, right? So like when you say something like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a word that has two meanings, but like think of the whatever word that has two meanings in your Draw industry. Draw it out. Yeah, yeah, like, what, like okay, like yeah, if all of a sudden, I don't know, let's say like, um, you, I'll, I'll, this is the first thing that came to mind, but Tower Records. If someone said like Tower Records and you're talking about the music industry, we'd all know it's actually the store and things like that. But let's say, for example, you didn't have that context and someone said like, yeah, Tower of Records or whatever it is. And they're like literally drawing a tower full of records right. or something like that, right? Like it might not make sense in that as well. So um, I'll bring you right back to like, yeah, what the what's changed a lot in the, the digital aspect. So what sort of um, ways have you seen it be successful and what sort of things do you think you've that have changed when it comes to this graphic recording and uh, the digital aspect because I know there's so much more that you guys want to talk about that you guys are doing now. Yeah. One thing that's cool is we're able to offer a new form of deliverable. Uh, so with the iPad pro, with the program we use, which is procreate, um, it will export a video time-lapse of the sketch. Oh, um, no way. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so going. sorry. It's I just nerding out. Right no, now. it's, it's, it's worth nerding out over cause it's cool. Uh, so yeah, before we would offer our clients a, uh, you know, they would get the physical sketch if it was physical on foam core or paper, they would get to keep that. And they would also get the digital image. Now they get the digital image, but they also will get a time-lapse recording of the sketch and it's sped up. It's, you know, anywhere from 60 to 90 seconds, but it's a really compelling form of follow-up. And, and, you know, what we, what we always encourage our clients is that with a virtual event, 
they need to be thinking through the before, the during, and the after even more intentionally than they did before. You know, with in-person events, it was all about the event. You know, how great can you make that in-event or on-site experience for attendees? With a virtual event, it's important to hook them before, during, and also after. And so we help assist that after phase of engaging attendees by equipping them with really cool, interesting forms of follow-up. You know, typically follow-up is here's the slide deck or here's the 50 page PDF or here's the two hour long video recording. Well, no one's going to look at that. Let's be honest, but they will look at a picture. They will watch a 60 second time lapse. And it's just a really good way to keep people engaged. Um, after they've clicked a little button and signed off of their virtual event, gone about their life. And then they see this picture or this image and it helps them kind of re-engage with that content. I love that. And I, what's great about it too, is like the marketer in me, like also sees that as another asset that you can then post on social media to promote your event. Uh, you know, you can, you can then, uh, you know, tie that time-lapse into a, a, a great voiceover quote from the talk and boom, you got like a super solid asset. And, you know, let's be honest, like time-lapses are hot. Like anytime anyone's like scrolling through their Instagram or through Facebook, they see a time-lapse, they usually stop because they know it's going to be only really quick and they can just right. see this thing unfold really, really fast. So I think that, oh my gosh, that that's super duper exciting on there. Um, Quick question about the technology, and I'm not sure like if this is also me um, thinking a little bit too technical on it, but a lot of times when you guys are doing this digitally, um, it feel, uh, it's probably more like a screen share essentially. You're start, kind of seeing exactly what the artist is drawing and everything Correct. like that. You know, but whereas I'm sure that like when you guys are doing analog, you guys have the ability, the camera operator can like zoom in on this old top piece of it or, you know, re kind of recall to it um, and kind of like almost have different camera angles of the sketch in some ways. Um, you know, what, where do you see kind of the, I guess this, maybe my question is that what's the future of this kind of look like as well? Like, it, do you see it being like someone's can, you know, sketching this all out, but then, you know, maybe someone separate on your team is like, oh, he mentioned that back point. Well, let's like bring the camera back to that. You're smiling real big. So uh, I'm yeah. sure you've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, it's like we're already thinking through what is the next iteration of this of this uh, virtual sketching uh, thing. Um, and we, we've hashed out a lot of ideas. We've thought about building out like a virtual sketching booth here in our office where there's like cameras around the room that are doing different angles. Nice. Um, you know, we thought about like a tandem sketch where there's two people doing it at the same time where, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it can be a little bit more fast paced and a little bit more, um, uh, collaborative, collaborative, like the, the build, yeah. building upon it. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the best ideas are coming from our clients and I will say, you know, we're not the, um, we're not the tech platform experts. We're the creative experts. We're the, the sketching experts, but we're learning a lot of things from our clients who have really great platforms and really great tech and how we can integrate into it. Um, you know, one thing we did, which is kind of cool is we recently worked with a client where they wanted, um, they wanted different like iterations of the sketch already pre-done, uh, that they could share throughout their event. But they also wanted the artist to be capturing stuff live and organically. So we created almost a two phased sketch. We had a phase one, which was pre-drawn, which we equipped with the client and they were able to, to like, tease out what the event was going to be about. But then we had a phase two where they, the artist was sort of filling in the blanks and filling in the gaps to create it, create almost more of like an experiential, I don't want to say performance art because that's not what we do, but it felt a little bit more like a, uh, you know, a more produced form of what mm -hmm. we do. 
That's cool. I like it too. Cause I mean, like that's a big part of like learning too, is like, Hey, let's tease them along the entire way and then build upon that as well. Um, you know, I think that's one reason why people love seeing, like you said, almost two artists working upon themselves. Someone else starts drawing a, a stick figure and makes it like, you know, pretty basic. And the other person's like adding hair and people are like, Whoa, that's so crazy. That person took it that way. Right. It reminds me a little bit of that like Jackbox game where you get each person gets handed a drawing throughout and oh, yeah. build upon it. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Classic one. You're like, I hate that right now. That that's, that's our office party game. Right. <laughs> or something yeah um i'm wondering too like if the future of it and i can almost see it going on the technology side of things too that like if if someone had a drawing app that also allowed people to open up in a web browser and scroll around on their own you know in some ways too that like if they could come back and they can kind of choose what they're looking at in any given moment on there as well like almost like a mural.co or or like a, a miro um sort of app but um i know those all don't aren't the best for the artistry side of things right. too so yeah those are so. great ideas and we're, we're looking at all that and and you know, our, our mission at the sketch effect is to help make ideas understandable and actionable visuals. is just how we do it. So we're not, you know, we're married to our mission, but we're not married to the method. So, you know, if there's a cool approach or some new way to, 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 uh, carry out our mission and serve our clients, we're, we're eager to try it. And so in fact, 2020 has been a really difficult year, but it's also been a really exciting year because it's forced us to try stuff and to innovate and to push the boundaries and not be so locked into how we've always done it, but to be looking forward. And, um, yeah, I love, I love all those ideas and I'm sure maybe after this podcast, we can just hash out some other ideas. Yeah, no, I know we're ready to implement them all. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, no. And I think you bring up a really good point. This idea that like this year is very much about innovation and that like you can't sit still, you can't sit on your laurels and just be like, yeah, we'll do it the way the same. We've always done it. But people are not only forgiving of innovation right now, but they're also craving it. They're saying like, tell me what I can do. That's totally different and mind blowing. Um, and so like, I, my hope is that maybe some Someone's listening to this podcast is like, hey, maybe we're, we're, we're sick of PowerPoint and, and the video on the side or whatever it may be. And I'm looking for some way to engage people. You know, we've all heard about the engagement apps. We've all, you know, polling, chat, gamification, things like that. But if it's ultimately about, like you said, enabling the learning, like this is such a great way, I think, for people to actually engage with the content itself, not just with a tool that surrounds around the content too. So exactly. Um, well, uh, I think we, we've covered a lot so far, but I, I, I always love to ask this question, but, um, you know, move, moving forward in the world, like what technology has you super excited? I, my team laughs at me because I, I, am always the, I'm the visionary of our team and I have an incredible team of operationally minded people and we, we can't exist without one another. So my team laughs at me, but I'm, I'm really interested in, in virtual reality and augmented reality and how we can apply a sketch, the sketching of thing to that. Yeah. Uh, to like tilt brush, right? Yeah. Tilt brush. Like there's, um, there's amazing virtual reality artists out there that are creating these incredible virtual reality art pieces. And, mm -hmm. um, that's really exciting, but, but how can we apply what we're doing at the sketch effect to that, you know, capturing ideas and creating, um, an immersive way for people to revisit the content that they're learning and, and revisit the ideas. So, you know, we did some experimentation la late last year in VR and a little bit this year. And then <clears throat> of course the world, you know, all uh, went crazy in March. So, you know, we're doing what we can now to keep things going, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in exploring kind of a, a virtual reality or augmented reality version of what we're doing. 
I love it. I, I, that got me all excited right now, too. Like, I think that's so smart. My, my mind's just racing with, like, hey, is there a multiplayer version of, of uh, Tilt Brush? Is, you know, like, I, all these things I'm sure you guys have worked on. But, like, I'm imagining, yeah, like, when's the virtual reality platform going to allow an integration with Tilt Brush and doing that sort of thing? And, uh, like, what does that look like? On, oh, man, my mind's just, like, right. racing, like, absolutely crazy right now, too. So um, I'm imagining even, like, the, the ability to import pre-created models and you guys drawing upon it. Oh, my gosh. I think yeah. my brain's there's a lot of There's a I'm lot of cool it. stuff. Um, <laughs> I love it. I wish I, I had, it. like, a, a you know, an eighth day of the week where I could go and just, like, <laughs> Right, right. Stuff. I think we all wish we had that eighth day of the yeah. week for how much like cool tech is out there. And I'm sure the listeners of this podcast are like so used to that. They're like, yeah, I just wish there's so much stuff out there. You can't keep track of exactly. it. Exactly. Right? I love it. I love it. Um, well, well, William, uh, if you had to leave our listeners with, you know, one tip when it comes to their technology for their events, what would it be? Hmm. Let's see here. One tip. I'm sure you can edit out this gap. This, this <laughs> no, thinking it shows that it is deep in thought. Yeah, pull, I'm really thinking about my, um, I, I would say, you know, um, don't, I've heard this from other people, so this is not unique to me, but don't copy and paste what you would have done for an in-person event into a virtual event. Um, you know, it, it can't be the same. It can't look the same. And there has to be, there has to be more intentionality put into the before, like I said, the before, the during and the after, um, and so from a tech standpoint, you know, I would say, I would encourage you to try to make it even cre as creative as possible. Uh, even if it's going analog, um, you know, maybe find a happy medium between the two. Um, I think there's probably a lot of ways to, to push it beyond just the way it's meant to be done. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, if we uh, uh, want to get a hold of you, or or you know, or if we're interested in working with SketchFact, can you talk a little bit about kind of what your guys' process looks like and where people can go to to to, to work with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, at this point we've done over, I want to say over sixty five virtual events uh, since March, which has been which is really exciting. We love it. Um, so yeah, if anyone's interested in learning more, they can go to thesketcheffect.com. That's T H E the sketch. S K E T C H and then effect with an E the sketch effect.com. Um, and then reach out, you know, like I said, we, uh, we do quick turnarounds. <laughs> we jump quickly. We love serving all different kinds of events. Um, and if they want to follow us on Instagram, we're at the sketch effect also on Twitter. Um, and if folks want to follow me, I have uh, an Instagram. It's William C Warren. Um, they're certainly welcome to, to head there. I love it. I love it. Well, William, thank you so much for being on the Event Tech Podcast. We're so happy to have you here, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing all the crazy cool things that you guys uh, continue to do. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks again, Will. This was a lot of fun, hopefully valuable discussion for your listeners, and uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you to our audience for hanging out with us, with William and I. Hopefully you didn't get too confused with two wills in the room um, <laughs> too much. But we hope uh, you enjoyed this conversation and, uh, you know, just continue to be an awesome listener that you are. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any crazy cool ideas, shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. We'd love to hear from you when it comes to how do you create a visual communication and visual learning when it comes to your virtual events. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email. And, uh, yeah. We'll see you guys all next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.